0: W-K-T-Y, 96.7 FM, 580 AM. Welcome back to W-K-T-Y Outdoors. I'm Kevin Millard. Thanks for joining me on the program this morning, and thanks to my next guest as well, uh, who is uh, once again on the program here, Tackle Terry Tuma. Good morning, Terry. How are you this morning?
1: Thank you, uh, Kevin. I'm great. Good morning to you, and good morning to all of our listeners.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's a little cool morning here on La Crosse, but the sun is shining, and it um, should be a, a nice day to get out Hopefully on the ice and and catch a few fish.
1: Well, Darren, no question about that, especially when we don't have to deal with high winds. Kevin. Yeah. It's a big, big plus factor. Yeah, it's going to be a gorgeous day today.
0: Mm-hmm. I can work on my winter tan if I wanted to. I guess
1: that's right. <laughs> yeah, worse <wear> batches <sunglasses laughs> if you're on the snow yeah. uh, on the ice and snow cover.
0: Ooh, yeah that uh, that that's that snow is very very bright. I would agree with you with you there and 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 certainly you know and, and i mentioned earlier in the show here before before i had you on that we were talking yesterday about um you know we don't have a ton of snow here in the immediate lacrosse area but where you're at uh you've got a lot of snow up there and you know that certainly is going to uh, going to affect things and and you know we're certainly going to end up with our share of snow <laughs> this winter uh and you know I, with all that snow on top of the ice, how does it affect the ice, uh, in, in your opinion, and, and how do you sort of counteract that when you, when you go out fishing?
1: Well, that's a good question, Kevin. Yeah, we got between 47 and 48 inches of uh, of snow on top of that ice. And not real, you know, we don't have two feet of ice uh, running anywhere from 10, 12, maybe some bodies of water up to 14 inches. Uh, but uh, what's, there's two concerns right now. One, a big plus factor, the heavy snow is uh, going to definitely raise our water level. So that's a big mm-hmm. plus. Also, the river system. And then along with that, too, uh, there's a lot of, uh, concern about uh, losing fish due to lack of oxygen, so that's another factor. But here again, it's going to depend on Mother Nature. You know, if it warms up, if we get some rain, these are all plus factors for us. Uh, when you have a lot of snow cover, what well, we have to also understand the, the water is clearer under the ice, of course, but it's also darker due to that all that uh, snow cover itself. So it's going to be a time frame where we really need to use uh, like glow lures, uh, something that's going to attract the species of fish. Uh, many times, it may be a little bit more uh, jigging action, but they have to see these baits and lures that we're using, Kevin. So there's uh, some adjustments we have to make. Mm -hmm. Also looking for maybe a uh, couple of different spots. If you are running into a body of water where uh, you feel uh, that there's oxygen issues, uh, don't even fish that body of water or you start your marking fish, you cannot get them to bite. Mm -hmm. Go to a different body of water that does not have any oxygen issues.
0: Yeah, they'll just, I'm guessing they'll just, they just simply... Shutdown period and and are not even anywhere near active at all.
1: That's right. Yeah, they just become uh, um, just you know not negative fish, but just they're not feeding. All they are trying to do, Kevin, is survive.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. And of course, we you know we hear about the you know, the fish getting ice you know iced in and and things like that. That certainly happens. So hopefully it, it but that's usually maybe a little later in the season. Um, but so hopefully this isn't a, a trend that will continue on a lot of bodies of water this uh, this winter.
1: Well, you're right, Kevin. You know, and some people, and I would have to give some thought, what's, what is this going to do to our fishery? And, you know, we have to look at the plus side too, Kevin. Mm-hmm. With this uh, a ton of snow out there, it's going to raise the water level. So we've got a choice of either have low water levels and maintain the fishery or, Adding to the water levels and maybe lose up, uh, some of the lakes. I think we're much better off uh, to raise the water levels. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, we and, and certainly you know the last few years we we have had uh, these drought conditions and and the water levels have gone down in a lot of a lot of places. I mean we experienced that here on the the river uh, this summer and in the last couple of summers actually where you know the water levels have just uh, are some of the lowest I've. Uh, I've seen in, in, in a long, long time and, and it anything we can do to reverse that trend is 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 a good thing.
1: It really is, Kevin. Yeah, and I agree with you hundred percent. I haven't uh, seen water levels on the river system. I don't even if, if I can even remember when the uh, river was that low.
0: hmm Yeah. It it was a it was a rare thing and now it seems a little more. Uh, consistent which is not a good thing. let's uh, let's uh, shift gears just a, a little bit here uh, talking about uh, the challenges with the the snow and everything. Uh, you were talking here during the break that uh, that actually uh, there is a place where the fishing is is pretty darn good and uh, that's the uh, the good folks up at River Bend Resort.
1: Yes, you're right Kevin yeah they've got two feet of ice there now allowing one tongue trucks to uh, drive out there of course you need to on any ice road you should check with the resorter Kevin mm-hmm. uh, but the fishing is very very good uh, walleye sauger they're catching a lot of big eel pout, northern pike and jumbo perch so it's a quite a fishery and of course with the walleye and the saw you got picked room you know yeah. for the eater sizes you know you, Within the slot or going way over the slot for a keeper, uh, a photo fish and so forth, but uh, it's really very very good at Lake of the Woods. One of the few places where they are not impacted with all this snow cover and a lot of good solid ice.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, that's uh, that's that's good to hear anyway, and certainly the the nice that it's uh, you know uh, multi species. Uh, bite going on, so you've got an opportunity to catch a, a little bit of everything up there. That's that's cool. I like that.
1: Yeah, it really is. So it's going to provide us, you know, the anglers that are going to go there with a lot of action, a lot of different species of fish to catch. Uh, it just It's a great time when you can have that kind of action with multi-species of fishing.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep, and uh, of course, uh, uh, had them on uh, a few weeks ago here, too, talking about some of the amenities that, that they offer and uh, some of the uh, uh, fishing houses that that they've got set up out there, and and uh, yeah, I mean that, that that sounds like a pretty nice way to uh, to spend some time fishing in in one of those.
1: It really is, uh, Chris. It's uh, I'm sorry, I was just talking to Chris. I'm sorry about that, <laughs> Kevin. But uh, but it it but you're right. It is a, a relaxing way of catching fish. You could spend a whole day out there. Uh, and it's just it's just a fun time, and especially you know if you can throw in a couple of jumbo perch uh, mm-hmm. uh, along with a uh, pike or whatever uh, with the wise and sauger, it's a great time on the ice.
0: Yeah, and uh, it's uh, it, it's a lot of it. It, it would be a, a lot of fun, and, and uh, folks haven't seen some of the, uh, the ice houses. Uh, and I, I looked through a bunch of them up at the the Saint Paul Ice Fishing Show, uh, and you know those are really really. They're comfortable, and um, if, if you're if you're going to go ice fishing, that's kind of the the way to do it. I think it it beats yeah, sitting, it beats sitting on a plastic bucket out on the ice. <laughs>
1: Sure it does, <laughs> but I know even with the portables, you know what they've got for portables out there mm, today yeah. too. Uh, you know, with insulation with all the amenities; uh, th- those are all big pluses. So you can really ice fish in comfort versus, as you mentioned, sitting on a bucket, which we've done mm. both of us many, yeah. many years.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. And actually, although today here it, it wouldn't be uh, it, it wouldn't be bad. Get this weekend should be pretty decent to get out sitting on it. I, that would little fresh air. That does sound actually sitting on a bucket sounds pretty good right now <laughs> but
1: yeah it it really does and especially if you dress accordingly yeah. uh, you know there was a quote uh, from some of the people that I worked with there is no such thing as bad weather it's improper dress
0: yep mhm yep dressing you're exactly right dressing uh, dressing for the conditions is uh, is is a, is a key whether you're in a nice shelter or uh, sitting on on a bucket or or uh, a portable shelter some of those nice uh, Plan portable shelters, uh, those are, yeah, it's, uh, how you dress is is really, really important. And one other thing, too, I uh, wanted to uh, uh, to talk to you about this morning anyway is, uh, obviously, they're having success up there with uh, uh, a number of different species. Uh, one of the things that, the, the, that we wanted to talk about this morning, too, was uh, jigging spoons and how that can be a... Uh, a big success this time of year so let's let's talk a little bit about that tell me what your thoughts are on that
1: well you're you're right kevin spoons are a great lure but you know so often we think it's just for walleyes and mm-hmm. it's not you can use a small sizes uh... for crappies some fish and jumbo perch uh... so there's a lot of plus factors here uh... and then too you can tip. One of the trebles uh, with the head of a minnow or a whole minnow, now if you're going to drop down to sunfish or crappies, uh, using wax worms. Yeah, it also extremely productive. But what we have to really relate to, not all jigging spoons are designed to do exactly the same thing. Um but we really have to understand that they provide flash, vibration, color, and a drop speed. It was also a big ingredient. And then when you're talking about jigging spoons, the straight ones are are usually heavier, so that means they're going to fall much faster with minimal action. These are going to be for aggressive fish and deep water fish. Now the bent are more pronounced action and flash, and used more for a uh, neutral fish or uh, for neutral bites. Uh, you depending, again, on what we're fishing for. And then the actual ones that I use a ton of are lighter, offering more action and flash because of their sole fall. And that really are going to be extremely productive for negative fish. The benton then fall slow, uh, which, again, is going to provide this excellent bite, and it's something that we have to understand. So we don't want to just go out there with a jigging spoon uh, that's going to uh, – work for all situations, mm-hmm. if you will. Uh, we have to match the mood of these fish. Same thing with uh, uh, with the colors. The color has to be a plus factor. Uh, also, too, a lot of comments about glow, glow, lures, glow lures work. Uh, they work, and we've done lots of years of experimentation. Yes, glow in dark water, Deep water, uh, you know, a lot of cloud cover, snow cover are all factors. But don't get hung up on glow lures mm-hmm. uh, because we've done a lot of work fishing glow lures all night, never caught a fish. And uh, it's also going to be dependent. You know, some glow lures are going to have more intense, if you will, uh, glow, some more dull and then also, we want to make sure that we don't sort of overcharge it so it's real bright. Uh, but then I really feel it's going to spook those fish. They're not going to be interested mm. in very, uh you know, something that doesn't uh, appear to be normal in the water column.
0: Yeah, yeah. You want it. You want it to be visible, but not, you know, you know blindingly so.
1: Yes, you're you're right. You know, and it is a big, big factor here too. And you know, so, you know, if we're using some glow, a lot of times that glow uh uh substance on the lures gets wore off, especially if you caught a few fish on it. So it's something that we really have to address. And same thing with your jigging actions, uh, Kevin. You know, we have a tendency to over jig, I think, way too much. Uh we need to, you know, match the mood of these fish. That's where your Vex stars come into such a, a play factor if you will uh where uh, we have to watch that to see if that's attracting the fish if it's spooking the fish we are so much about pounding the bottom pounding the bottom is not always productive it can be an attractor but it also can be a deterrent
0: well and that was one of the one of the questions i wanted to follow up with as well you know where exactly in the water column um or i guess in the water column how do you want to place that that jigging spoon do you want to you know. You know, bounce it off the bottom a little bit and then bring it up, or how do you? You know, what what sort of techniques are are are, uh, are, are would you recommend?
1: Well, first of all, you know, generally speaking, uh, with walleyes in the winter time, uh, not in the summertime, but in winter time, you know, six inches to twelve inches off the bottom is a great way to start. But also, too, if you got uh, you know the barometer readings are. Um, not stable. Uh, if you got a lot of fishing pressure, a lot of noise, uh, that's going to push those fish down. Many times, belly to the bottom. So that's where your spoon has to be at. And then, two, uh, what you can do along with this is, uh, you know, use it as an attractor. Uh, for instance, uh, you know, controlling the drop speed. You know, place. I usually will run my uh, line through my uh, thumb and forefinger and use a stop, and then let some out. Stop. Let's Usually about a 12-inch drop, mm-hmm. and uh, but work with the drops. That's so important uh, for us to do that. And then two, you know, if if you got a tougher bite, uh, jig way up off the bottom. Not pound the bottom. Sure, pound the bottom can be a tractor, but it weighs uh raise that jig way up in the water column, maybe four or five feet off the bottom, and then uh, you'll use that as an attractor to draw a fish in. Also, uh, we've caught fish. We had a camera crew up on Lake of the Woods, and uh, we had really a tough bite. Uh, a major fun came through, and I uh, marked a fish, uh, I think it was in 30-some feet of water, 15 feet off the bottom, Kevin, mm-hmm. brought that uh, jig up and uh, fish hit it. So they're not always belly to the bottom. That's where your electronics are so very, yeah. very important, and understand those and monitor them.
0: Yep, exactly. I, and that was, yeah, that was, uh, I was thinking that as you were explaining that, that uh, being able to, to properly read those electronics is uh, is definitely crucial uh, with uh, with those. Uh, would you say, too, that, uh, I guess maybe I should ask this first anyway, Jigging spoons, are, would you use them more for uh, active fish or uh, maybe fish that are a little bit in the neutral feeding mode or uh, getting some of the ones that are, are maybe in a negative feeding mode, kind of moving them, motivating them to, uh, uh, to, to take that lure and, and turn them into positives?
1: That is a good question, and uh, I would personally use those from a little bit more of an active uh, mood Mm -hmm. uh, where they're uh, more on the feeding cycle. But also, too, then, uh, you know, we don't want to get hung up and just use jigging spoons. Right. Uh, and, you know, and just uh, what we really need to understand and realize here is, yes, generally speaking, like a jigging shad wrap is a good way to start for aggressive fish or a snap wrap, and then uh, dropping down to jigging spoons. That's why it's so important for us to have pre-rigged rods, and then from there go to a, a jig uh, with a minnow head or a whole minnow, and then from there drop down to a bobber system. Uh, so, what you're doing now is you're matching all four moods of the what these are all variations of these moods of these fish, and you know if you're marking your fish and they don't take it or they disappear off the screen you've got to try something else either you spook the fish by too much jigging, not enough jigging, wrong color, wrong bait size these are all ingredients mm-hmm. in helping us catch more fish because the fish really are telling us what they want.
0: Right, and, and, and you, you touched on this a moment ago, but mentioned it earlier as well, too, about, uh, about jigging action. Uh, what, uh, what sort of techniques do you prefer um, this time of year with, uh, when, when you're out on the water with these jigging spoons?
1: Well, generally speaking, I'll, what I personally will do is I'll you know, use the correct size. That's number one of the mm-hmm. jigging spoon, And what you feel is the you know, right uh, vibration factor and color and then, as I mentioned, controlling the drop speed, uh, and then uh, use uh, a different number of jigging actions. Uh, uh, I do a lot of, uh, you know, dropping to the bottom, bring it up, uh, you know, 6 inches, 12 inches, and see if I'm marking some fish in those areas. And if I do, uh, you know, we can just tick the rod tip. That's one good way to provide a real subtle jigging action. Uh, the other is uh, more of a, a violent jigging action. And one that I think so often we do not do is just hold it steady, you know, bring it up and then um, hold it where that walleye is at. Also, too, if you got a, a thump, you know, if it's a jig, uh, a jig itself or a jigging spoon, that means that that walleye has really inhaled that uh, mm-hmm. piece of meat, if you will, the, the bait. And if you've got a, one that sort of, I call them nippers, where they're just sort of nipping at it, mm-hmm. so we can do two things. One is raise that spoon or jig up uh, about five to six inches, see if you can raise that walleye up off the, uh, off that uh, uh, level where they're at. And then many times you're going to make that walleye come up, and you're, you're sort of teasing it, and then bring it up another five, six inches, see if it... Uh, if you can get that fish to take that bait. If not, what I do many, many times, I just provide slack in the line and then pay really close attention to line movement at this time and then set the hook. So now you're uh, offering basically no resistance except for that jig or the jigging spoon. If you cannot catch them either of those ways, don't waste any time to start on another fish.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep, and uh, good good thoughts there. It, it Yeah, it's... It, uh, again, here we're talking on WKTY Outdoors with tackle Terry Tuma this morning, and we're talking uh, ice fishing and uh, having success in the water. And we're talking specifically about uh, jigging spoons here too. And one of the follow-up questions that that I was was thinking about too is, yeah, you were talking about the different actions and 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 things like that. Uh, you know, you know, is it something where uh, you know the the you know, you you mentioned size. What and let's maybe delve into that a little bit. Uh, you know, maybe a little. You said a little bit smaller sizes. Um, so what tie, What sizes are we really talking about here?
1: Well, it really depends. I think the length needs to match the fish's mood, Kevin. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what we really need to understand here. Is that you know? Don't go to a real tiny size, uh, but also too don't go to a bigger size. So I'm um, you know, they yeah. if they they're going to vary in length, if you will. Uh, but I think most importantly, certain you know, is get one. You know, if you're using for a sunfish and craft, then you want to go to a, a one that's approximately like an inch uh, in length. Uh, you know, that approximate mm-hmm. length, and then step up the size for uh, your wallets. Also, jigging spoons can work extremely well for a uh, big pipe. So that's something else we should uh, really consider. And then uh, I think more important, you don't want to oversize that, but there you're you're not going to interest the fish, unless if you've got some uh, really some active fish and big fish. But generally speaking, going to sort of the standard size, something in the area of uh, two inches at the max. Well, I shouldn't say at the max, but anywhere from inch and a three quarter uh, to two and a half, possibly three inches. But generally speaking, that's going to be a, a size. Uh, that we'd want to use, but as as important as, besides the length, is the fall rate. It's so important for us to understand that not every jigging spoon is going to do the same um, attraction in the water column as we would think. We I think too often we think, well, I'm going to use these jigging spoons or this certain colors, but we forget about the vibration and the flash and mm-hmm. the drop speed.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep, and uh, uh, that uh, is is very important too. do you and do you prefer uh, the jingie spoons uh, with with maybe some rattles on them or uh, the built-in ones?
1: It, it, if you have some real dark water conditions, a lot of snow cover, yes, I would definitely uh, pursue that. But here are two, just like with rattle crankbaits in the summertime, uh, you know, we get so hung up. Well, we're all using rattle crankbaits, but there's going to be time frames, especially if we got pressured fish. You don't want to use a rattle in the crankbait. Same thing with jigging spoons. If everybody's using, uh, you know, rattles in their jigging spoons, you've got to try something different. But the, I really feel these fish get conditioned to that. Same thing with certain. Colors, uh, You know, uh, too often, we as anger feel that's the only way to go. We don't want to try anything else. Maybe we hear, well, red glow is really a hot color, or gold is a hot color. It can be on certain days. It may not be on certain days, but here again, that's where the versatility factor really kicks in, and we have to experiment.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep, and, you know, obviously, and, and, and you touched on a, a, a good point, too, of, of having those, uh, rod's all pre-rigged up as well, but also have, you know, uh, along with that, having, you know, some different you know, different sizes, different colors, uh, you know, just uh, something with a little bit, you know, a little bit different action perhaps that uh, uh, if you do need to, to sort of experiment, um, and, <laughs> and, and most likely you will at some point uh, out on the ice uh, on a trip, uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's good to have that variety as well.
1: It really is, and that's why it's so important for us to, you know, most of all, uh, the ice anglers have more than one or two rods, and pre-rig them at home, uh, or if you're staying overnight somewhere, it's pre-rig them, and the reason being, same thing with open water fishing, it's much easier for us to try this bait, this bait, this bait, this lure, this lure, and this lure, than thinking, well, I'm going to retie in the fish, I'll I'm going to retie on the ice. You're probably going to retie once, w- twice, then you're going to start to tell yourself, you know, these fish really aren't going. we really, don't know until we experiment with all these different baits and lures. Yes, it can take a lot of work, a lot of thinking, uh, a lot of patience, but it will pay off at the end of the day.
0: Yep, exactly. Uh, Terry, I've got to take a a short break here, and then uh, we'll come back and continue the conversation here in just a moment. Uh, It is coming up on 847. Uh, Like I said, I've got to take a short break, and then we'll be back with more of WKTY Outdoors in just a few moments on WKTY 96.7 FM, 580 AM. WKTY, 96.7 FM, 580 AM. Welcome back to WKTY Outdoors. It's 848. I'm Kevin Millard. Thanks for joining me on the program this morning, chatting here with Tackle Terry Tuma uh, about ice fishing and some things uh, here this morning. We were talking about jigging spoons a little bit ago, and, and uh, you you mentioned it uh, kind of at the beginning of that uh, the conversation here about uh, about boppers, but we really haven't touched a whole lot on uh, the use of bobbers during ice fishing season and uh let's uh, let's let's get into that when uh, when is it appropriate to use bobbers and when is it uh, you know what what's the usage here for you uh during ice fishing season
1: well generally speaking good question uh kevin and what i personally do uh in uh, in minnesota we can use two holes mm-hmm. uh and in many other states uh you can use um two plus holes, and so what I personally do, I'll set up one with a bobber system and then one with a vertical jigging spoon or jig or whatever uh, lure that I want to use, depending on what I feel the mood of the fish are going to be in, but uh, with a bobber system, it really can be extremely productive. I've seen many, many times uh, where, you know, your jigging actions and so forth aren't going to catch fish. But that bobber system can many times outfish um, any other type of bait that we're using, especially when you got a tougher bite going. And when you're using a bobber system, uh, what we have to understand, too, is what I, you can use a small jig, but a bobber system is nothing more than a depth setter and a strike indicator. And here you're going to have to really watch your bobber system. As to when to set the hook. Do you need to have it uh, run? Do you need to set it immediately? That's going to be just strictly experimentation and with a bobber system uh is use the smallest bobber that you can get by with to hold that bait at that prescribed level because if you use too large of a bobber that wall is going to come up inhale that bait and it's going to reject it as soon as it feels drag resistance to that bobber in the water column
0: mm-hmm. yeah it's uh... Very. This time of year, yeah, small bobbers are, are definitely the the way to go too. And I, I would think too that uh, the the smaller the bobber, the easier it, it's going to be to see those uh, those real subtle bites that that you get a lot during ice fishing season.
1: Oh yes, you're right. And the other factor too, you know, it it doesn't have to always go down into that hole and, you know below the ice. Uh, it's going to take a little bit of experimentation to when to set the hook. You know. For crappies, for sunfish, for walleyes, these are all factors. Uh, generally speaking, though, you you're going to have to do some experimentation. like with crappies. I've seen many, many times where you're going to have to let them uh, pull that bobber underneath the ice. Same thing with walleye fishing. Uh, sometimes that uh, bobber will you know just drop, a sink into about a foot of water. Sometimes it has to go underneath the ice. And many times with crappies and also sunfish, if it just moves a speck, you set the hook immediately.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. Exactly. And, uh, uh, you know, the other thing, too, that uh, um, wanted to touch base on, too, was, uh, you know, the the use of uh, maybe a a bead and a colored hook as well during uh, uh, for ice fishing season and how that can improve uh, your catch rate as well.
1: Yeah, it really does here. And um, I, but I, open water and both ice fishing, I'll use a colored hook with a opposing color of a bead. Uh, meaning that you know, if you're using say a red hook, you're using a gold bead or a green bead or whatever, and to say that that bead is going to be uh, definitely a plus factor, it may and it may not. It can be definitely a plus factor it may be a negative and you want to use a number of uh, four for crappies and sunfish a five for uh, walleye fishing but only one single bead uh, i've had quite a few people ask well where do you put that bead you know you want to put that bead on your fishing line and then tie the hook on and when you're doing that it does become a fact it's something that we should experiment with uh, if not, it can cost us fish. But, you know, match the, the two sides, the four and the fives are usually the most productive. Mm-hmm. And if you're really questioning where can I buy beads, many of the bait uh, dealers have beads. Uh, if not, go to a craft store, and you can purchase all kinds of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, also some with the, sort of the hexagon uh, style, and that can provide a little bit of different flash in the water column. So here again, we're right down to experimentation. Also use the thinnest wire hook that you possibly can get by with. Too heavy hook restricts the minnow.
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. And, and and one key on on the uh, the the end of the line too that we uh, um, should think about too. Especially this during ice fishing season, we're using such light lures and and uh, light tackle that um, a lot of times too uh, you need some assistance in getting that lure down into uh, the strength zone. And split shot is something that. Um, I don't know a lot of if a lot of people think about during ice fishing season, but uh, it really, really can benefit uh, in, in a lot of ways.
1: Well, it really is. It's a something we have to relate to. Uh, you want to match a split shot to the uh, bobber system that you're using, of course, uh, with weight, wise and a split shot. Nothing more than a pivot system and an anchoring system. So if you you know with walleye or crop you take that split shot and place it about uh, right around. 14 inches above the hook, you're going to allow that minnow to swim in about a two-foot circle. If you drop that split shot down to about 10 to 12 inches, you're going to restrict that to about a 12-inch circle. And then uh, if you want to anchor it, uh, which is going to be sort of similar somewhat to a jig system, is uh, place that split shot about five inches above the hook, and now you're going to restrict that minute to six inches of movement. Does it make a difference? Absolutely. If we just think about this, if you got some real, uh, active wallets, you got that split shot close to the uh, hook, uh, it's not going to be of interest to them. Likewise, too, if you've got a, a tough bite going, you've got that split shot placed, uh, Fourteen inches above the hook, it's all, it's going to intimidate that walleye or that crappie. So here again, matching the split shot uh, to the mood of the fish and the size of the split shot according to the bobber system, uh, the depth of the lake or the body of water we're fishing. These are all ingredients. Some sound sort of minor, but they are not.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, interesting. That's an interesting, interesting take. And and again, uh, go back to a point we've made a couple of times here this morning. You said. Uh, pre-rigging this stuff is uh, is is very critical, and I, I can't think of something, uh, you know, just next to, to having to tie on lures, having to try and, and place a split shot on and, and crimp that and everything. It's just you know dealing with that little, you know, lead BB if you will, and and trying to mess with that in, in the cold is uh, <laughs> definitely uh, not my idea of, of uh, something that's going to be successful real quick.
1: No, you're right, and it is a factor. here. You know, when you're using your split shot, uh, you want to, as I mentioned, you want to balance that split shot uh, to the uh, the bait itself uh, and then also to the bobber that you're using. Uh, You want to keep minimum size of the bobber, as you and I spoke of, but also, I should mention, I don't know how many of our listeners are familiar with, but when you're fishing in a wheelhouse or a skid house, uh, or if you're fishing in a second hole, uh, there are a bobber. That Mission Tackle has a bobber that it's a long stem bobber, so you don't have to really move over uh, to watch if that bobber is sinking or if you've got a bite going. You can just see it because that stem is uh, protruding above the force So immediately, just glancing at it, you'll know exactly if you got a bite going or not going.
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. Well, well, Terry, I've got to uh, kind of wrap things up here for uh, today. And uh, I, as always, uh, certainly appreciate, uh, appreciate your spending some time with us this morning here. And, and uh, always good to have you on and, and always get good information about uh, uh, all sorts of things when it comes to, to fishing. So, again, uh, I appreciate, uh, appreciate you taking the time this Saturday morning to, uh, to come on the program.
1: Well, I really appreciate the opportunity to visit with you, Kevin, and all of our listeners. Have a great day on the ice. Be safe, but catch a lot of fish and release some of those fish.
0: Yeah, and, and, and you know, we talked about uh, safety, and that's, uh, that's so important. Uh, just saw a, a, a story, I guess it was yesterday, as a matter of fact, that uh, somebody on a snowmobile went through the ice up, by, uh, up in Buffalo County to the north here, and, yeah, it's uh, got to be so careful this time of year.
1: Yeah, especially, you know, in our areas where we have a lot of snow coverage, there's no doubt there's going to be a different variations in ice thickness or something else we have to really deal with.
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. Well, Terry, thanks again here. i got to take a, a quick break and then uh, uh, wrap the show up for today. But but thank you again for, uh, for joining me on the show
1: today. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate the opportunity, Kevin. Have a great day.
0: All right. We'll talk to you again soon. Uh, that is Tackle Terry Tuma on WKTY. It is 858. Back in just a few moments on WKTY 96.7 FM, 580 AM.